Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And today, I, I'm still trying to figure out how to merge the Dominican League into the podcast, because I know there are some of you who are probably very interested in the Dominican League, and then there are some of you who are, these guys are 16, 17, 18 years old, I'm not going to see them play for five years, if ever, I'm not worried about them. So what I'm going to try to do is merge DSL stuff, DSL games, DSL recaps, with something else in the universe. And presumably I'll get a hint on whether you're interested in stuff or not. But today, after the merge, I'm going to have a little bit of side interesting news on a player I would like to see the Cubs acquire. And Saturday might be a good day for it. Saturday might be a very good day for it. Possibly even tonight. But uh, the Cubs split today in the Dominican. The Cubs red won 7-5 against the Phillies. Pedro Ramirez was 2-4 for with a run and two RBIs. Moises Ballesteros was 1-2 for with a walk, double, a run, and a run driven in. Anderson Suriel was two for three with an RBI. Pitching was, oh, let's see. Um, Freddy Montenegro was one for one with a walk, also scored a run. The pitching for Red was pretty good. Joel Jimenez, four innings pitched, no earned runs. Luis Reyes, left-hander, closed the game out. Inning and a third, no runs allowed. The... Cubs blue team lost to the Rays 4-1. to Cubs only had three hits, four hits, something like that. That was only a seven-inning game. Christian Hernandez was one for three. Juan Fran Ramos was two for three with a run scored. The first four hitters of the game, I can't remember the order, but it was walk, 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 hit by pitch. So it was bases loaded. Two runs in, nobody out in the first inning before the game even really got started. Um, a reliever came in and shut things down rather well, but if you're only going to score one run and the other team has two before you record an out, it's kind of hard to win. So, um, yeah, tough game for Cubs Blue. Um, you split. It's okay. Um, I'm trying to provide content that other people do not. If you appreciate that, either through Anchor, either through Patreon, some other method, feel free to drop, drop a shekel in the jar. And it would be much appreciated if you did. Even if you don't, I still do appreciate you listening. Um the Cubs are at that point where 2021 is not the highest priority. We know that because Jack Peterson has been traded. We're going to know that yet further when someone else gets traded and someone else gets traded and someone else gets traded. So it gets to a point where looking 
to which player should replace whom becomes a popular discussion topic. Um, should the call, Cubs call up Michael Hermosillo now? Should the Cubs call up, you know, who, who should the Cubs call up to fill in for Jack Peterson's spot? Very logical question. Bring up a bat, presumably. Seems reasonable. Unfortunately, at least for a lot of people, the most logical roster fill-in for tonight, and we should know, ooh, let's see, what are they, what's, Colorado games start, what, 7.30, 8, 7.30, o'clock, something like that. I don't know what time the game starts tonight, but within the next, what, two, three hours, we ought to know who the roster, roster edition is. My guess is Eric Sogard. It would be very easy to activate Eric Sogard and leave everything else as is. You add a bat. You activate someone from the injured list. Nothing else really has to be done. You activate Sogard and you roll. Obviously, winning is not of the ultimate prior, uh, the ultimate highest priority because otherwise Jack Peterson wouldn't have been traded. That's not why I'm having a podcast. The podcast is about at some point. It's perfectly legitimate to look outside of the house for a replacement. At some point, the guys that the Cubs have, the guys the Cubs can call up from AAA, they make sense. You can call them up. There's nothing preventing Michael Hermosillo from getting called up or whatever. But I saw one today that got me thinking. And it's kind of something, I don't know if you were hanging around the podcast back in February or March. But uh, back then I was talking about how interested I would be in the Cubs claiming Akil Badu. Now, I, I know you know... Akil Badu is not going to get run through waivers, but he is a Rule 5 guy. And had he struggled, the Tigers would have had to have retained him on their roster for the entire season or lost him on waivers or some such. I was commenting how if Akil Badu did struggle, I would be interested in the Cubs claiming him if he did struggle, because he would probably be an upgrade if everything fell apart. Akil Badu did fine. The Cubs had a rather good May. Um, the entire Akil Badu premise goes away, but the entire Rule 5 premise does not. Will Vest is a pitcher that Seattle designated for assignment on Monday. Will Vest is a right-handed... I don't know if he's a right-hander or a left-hander, but right now that's actually kind of immaterial. 6.17 ERA at the major league level. So he's struggling, and he's struggling, and they have to keep him at the major league level or else run him through waivers. They can't send him down directly to the minor leagues because he's a Rule 5 guy, 
that's part of the premise with the Rule 5 graft. So, Will Vest, I can't tell you a whole lot about him. Stephen F. Austin, 12th round, 2017. That's about the depth of my knowledge of Will Vest. I don't know that I've watched him pitch. I don't know that I've listened to him pitch. Uh, anything along those lines. i tell you two things about him. And these things I'm going to hold to. One, Seattle thought enough about him in December to draft him in the Rule 5 draft. That's hard to argue. It's really hard to argue that Will Vest was of interest to Seattle back in December. If he was not of interest to Seattle in December, they wouldn't have drafted him. He was of interest to them. They drafted him. Now, also, second thing I can tell you, they were kind of interested in him up until mid-August, uh, mid-July because they kept hanging on to him. Thing is, he did struggle, and Seattle's kind of on the fringes of, on the verge of, on the border of being in a playoff hunt. Some people might say they should be buying. But either way, they're just enough on the fringe so that Seattle is saying, we really can't keep Will Vest taking up a roster spot. He's costing us games. Now, did I tell you how hard Will Vest throws? No. Did I tell you what his primary secondary offering is? Did I tell you if he's going to be a major league starter in a couple years? Did I tell you if he is going to help the Cubs in, I'm going to say it again, 23 and beyond? No, I didn't say that. Didn't say that at all. But I will say this, Seattle thought a lot of Will Vest in December. And they continued to think a lot of him through the early portions of the season because even though he was struggling, they kept him. If the Cubs would claim Will Vest, they would have to leave him on the roster for the entire rest of the season. So it goes. The Cubs are to the point where, oh my goodness, we're going to have to use a guy in the bullpen. Bullpen's been fine. It's perfectly acceptable for a major league team to have somebody that they send in when they're down 6-1 to one in the seventh inning. Okay, Will Vest, get warmed up, go in, pitch. We're going to sit here and watch you do that. Realistically, that would be kind of where Will Vest is. Then, as the season ends, you give him a while off, then get him over to the pitch lab. I don't know what his stuff is. I don't know how hard he throws. I don't know anything about him. Except I do know that Seattle thought a lot of him in December. And Seattle thought a lot of him in April, May, June, and early July. Until Monday. That's when they DFA'd him. They still probably think a lot of him. They'd like to get him through waivers. But um, the Cubs ought to put in a claim. I don't think anybody else is going to put in a claim on him. And if someone else does, fine. But uh, put a claim in him, in on him, 
lose whatever the surrender fee is, $50,000, $25,000. I think it's fifty for the Rule 5 waiver fee. And the Cubs leave him on the roster for the rest of the year. Where, where's the huge problem? You know, heck, maybe I want to send him out and have him start once in a while. I don't know. But Will Vest, if he's been on Seattle this long, even though he's been struggling, He's probably of interest. He probably has something in his arsenal that is worth paying attention to. So often people are, they look at the numbers and all they see is the numbers. They don't, they don't get the other stuff behind it going on. Will Vest has been interesting enough to Seattle for them to hang on to him for the entire time even though he was struggling. I'm totally good with taking a shot on him. Uh, two other bits of information. I haven't seen numbers, but... Uh, uh, I haven't seen numbers on one of them. Christian Franklin from Arkansas signed to a below-slot deal. Uh, I think it's like 20... $25,000 below slot value. Supposed to be four sixty, dollars signed for four thirty-five, something like that. Um, and Will Martin, the Cubs' sixth-round pick, has also signed. So two of the 20 have signed. I didn't see the numbers on um, Riley Martin, not Will Martin. I didn't see the numbers on Riley Martin. They're probably out there now. You might even be screaming them at your phone. I didn't see them yet. I did see them on Christian Franklin. Didn't write them down. Didn't jot them down. But, um, yeah. The, um, the, the class has starting to, started to get signed. And Christian Franklin being a 40-plus on Fangraphs is so highly respected as a 40-plus that he has as high of a grade on fan graphs as Bryce Ball. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. Be safe, be nice to people, and have a nice weekend. Cubs game tonight. Pipeline full of games tonight. And let's see. Who was it that I saw the Mesa Cubs were playing. I did see it. Not the A's, not the Dodgers, not the White Sox. Eh, I can't remember who it was. But uh don't think no, don't think it was the Reds. Don't think it was the Mariners. But either way, um I'd be completely good with the Cubs trading for Will Vest. Trading for claiming on waiver what whatever. Yeah, send send some incidental guy or uh send the twenty five thousand uh send the fifty thousand dollar fee. Will Vest seems a perfectly good add to the Cubs roster, the Cubs bullpen, because why not? Yeah, I know the Cubs have a lot of relievers, but they're gonna be trading a lot of relievers too. So uh it's going to be interesting in August and September who's going to be there, who's going to not be there. But Will Vest seems a guy that might be worth taking a look at and possibly hanging on to over the offseason. 
Thanks for stopping by and enjoy. Have a great day.